0: on a good day I I think you know Martin Luther King was on the money when he was talking about you know the arc of justice and the Mm. of history (laughs) <laughs> and and that was sold to us as the world beating idea it was the end of history we would, mm. we would from here on in it was all it was all just gonna be champagne and and sirloin steak you know um, <laughs> but it turned out to be utter bullshit it didn't work it doesn't work
1: No. Mm. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Can't take back. Um, yeah. So I think it's a moment where we're all having to pay attention, and you know I think we're slowly coming around. Whether we whether we come around in time um, yeah. remains to be seen. There are moments when you really fear for the for the future for your grandchildren and their children. You and I are going to be all right. You know the world probably isn't going to end before we you know have mm. our last glass of champagne and turn to the wall as Chekhov did. You know, yeah, be yeah. nice. Yeah, all no. Your that's around, not a glass it. of champagne, turn to the wall. I'm, I'm done now. I'll <laughs> see you all if I see you. <laughs> yeah.
1: But you're right. That is a deep concern. I mean, with our young fella as well, and but it's so needless as well. But here we are talking about this range of cultural stories, and I cotton on to the theme, a strong theme that you're recounting here, essentially that if we can get more fluid with changing those stories when they cease to be relevant for us, then I mean, we'll be in as best place as we can, at least. I mean, that that's all we can do. One of those stories relates to your book here, relates to that uh, character, Fintan McGillis. Because there was this wonderful quote, it was something like, God is what you do more than what you believe in. Yeah, I
0: think it's, he yeah, just says, don't worry about what you believe. What you believe is is there in your actions. And if there's a God, it's what you that, that you know, the expression of that faith is in in what you do because you know I mean <laughs> people are amazingly good at sitting around spending a huge amount of time uh, trying to establish some kind of orthodoxy you know and, and whether you, I mean I, you know I grew up in a, in a fundamentalist evangelical household and in that tradition you know everyone was very anxious about orthodoxy mm-hmm. so I did a lot of arguing about that theology. And it's not very different to political parties, not very different to uh, town councils or local government or, you know, everyone's banging on so much about orthodoxy, you know, and right thinking. And in the end, you just think, let's do, you know, let's let's express some of that energy and stuff that we do. And let's not worry so much about the purity of our ideology. And um, that's just with large in our politics at the moment. We have no national energy policy, we have no sustainable thought about energy because for 10 years we've been fighting a culture war, or a culture war has been fought over our heads on the hill in Canberra. No one can pass any legislation about climate change because they're still arguing this, you know, ideological claptrap about you know whether they can allow themselves to believe in climate change. <laughs> if surely there's, a, there's an example. I mean, it's not much of a step from counting the angels on the head of a pin, you know, as we used to do. Um, mm.
1: Yeah, well, you've said that people are looking more and more, and I agree, people are looking more and more for those people who show what they believe through their actions. And I love this line. I think you said uh, the ones who are putting it all on the line, so like bodily, financially, the whole bit.
0: I think, you know, the country's aching for some leadership and for people to step up and do the right thing. In terms of my my role as, a, as an environmental advocate, you know, that's always been a very reluctant thing because, you know, I'm an artist and I'm, and I'm in the business of Useless beauty. I mean, I, I write hmm. books, not, not to prosecute a case, but I, I do them because stories are beautiful and, and they feed us in ways that you know aren't useful in a sort
1: of a utilitarian purpose. You know, mm, like, they're um, sort of symbolic but, of what we need more of in that sense. Yeah,
0: but I'm also, but I'm also a citizen, and every time something like this comes up, whether it's fighting for marine parks, whether it's campaigning against fracking, whether it's climate policy or stuff about Humanity and justice for refugees, you ask yourself, you don't want to do it. You don't want to step up and put your head up to be kicked or or to to look like you're. Activist, um, to try and save one of the world's last great places and certainly one of the great, last great healthy coral reefs in the world. I was very proud to have been a part of that and, and very glad to have seen that, that our, the actions that we took as a community group and that, that we linked up with people-informed relationships and we got 100,000 people to be involved and passionately interested in the welfare of, of Ningaloo, changed government legislation, pretty much changed government, got the marine park increased and eventually saw Ningaloo Reef added to the World Heritage Register in 2011. And then we thought that our job was done. You know, we thought, well, that's safe. But it turns out that, you know... of fish the resting place for so many endangered creatures like you know dugongs and, and manta rays it's it's where the will whales come up from the antarctic and have their have their babies and then nurse them in the winter so in a sense it's it's in it you know and the science has told us now we've learned that the gulf and the reef are Yeah, indeed. mm
1: I like your framing there of the last days of the gold rush, so to speak, and it is very much like that. I mean, that's where the strong kickback and the secrecy and cunning sort of comes around. it, And there are a range of flashpoints now up in the Kimberley as well, obviously in Australia, but around the world where that changing story is almost squeezing more violent acts out and of course because the fossil fuels just get harder to get at and you need to go to more places and all that so yeah I'm really fascinated by the fact that we we go man the barricades in these flashpoints but we need to at the same time string together that broader dialogue that we've been sharing here about changing the story and making sure that that model of what we regarded as the way to organise ourselves actually moves on That's right, and
0: you put it's about putting you know, it's about looking at the
1: Well, that's the funny thing, isn't it? Yeah, the funny thing. I mean, for decades it's been recognised that we're running down, again, to use the metaphor warily, we're running down that natural capital, running down the capital but calling it profit. But the cultural stories are deeply embedded and often beyond our conscious reach until you find a light to shine on them and then we can go about changing them. Yep, I
0: agree. I mean, I, I just think in terms of that stuff, we're not just in the fourth quarter, we're in Taiwan. Yeah. And we have to act this can't be a lounge conversation it's got to be it's lights on sirens on pedal down let's let's do something about this let's change the way we're we're doing business for our all our sakes but for a for our children's sake
1: yeah so Tim in that context how would you describe a meaningful life what's your life for what's meaning in your life uh, I don't know I think um,
0: I'm just looking for what adds to life I'm just makes life richer and better. And if you can't live honouring life and nurturing it and preserving it, then I don't know what what your life's for. And, you know, you, you make your own meaning. And I, I just think it's, I mean, it's a, a plant metaphor, but it's, you know, leaning to, leaning to the light. Um, Um, and I don't want to... I'm too, I don't know, I'm too vain for that. I can't, I can't for that <laughs> idea, you know? <laughs> yeah, just, no, so. I, I just can't accept that my generation should be the first in our, in our country to uh, leave a diminished estate.
1: It's been a while since you wrote fiction. It's five years since you put out a novel. You talk about having more of these stories and conversations. Interesting that a novel, not the non-fiction you've been writing, generates almost more of that sort of conversation, or can generate more of that conversation, I guess that I don't know, affirms the place I guess if there needs to be a utilitarian place it it affirms the place of fiction in the state of the world, if you like
0: Yeah, I mean it doesn't butter anybody's bread, but it's funny how art comes in the back door, you know (laughs) and the poet Dan Dickinson used to talk about coming out at slant Hmm. just coming in at an odd angle, and that's the lovely thing about art it can be a gentle disruptor
1: sometimes a dramatic one yeah alright Tim how's that song I was thinking of an old an old Ormond Brothers
0: song I think it's Jessica it's not even a song it's just an instrumental just because uh, every now and again when I'm feeling low and
1: Brilliant. Thanks, mate. I really appreciate uh, you taking the time amongst your busy schedule and well done on the book, well done on uh, seeing more of your work come into the film space as well. Thanks
0: a lot, eh? Yeah.
1: That was the brilliant Australian writer Tim Winton. For more on Tim, the book and film we talked about here and the latest with Protect Ningaloo, see the links in our program details. Thank you as always to the generous supporters of the podcast for making it all possible. Particular thanks to Ollie this week for starting a valued monthly donation and for your warm correspondence that came with it. I'd actually like to share with you all the first few lines of what Ollie wrote, trusting he won't mind. For so long now, I have wanted to be able to provide a donation to the Regen podcast, but have not been in a stable enough position to do so. Thus it brings me great joy that I am now able to give a little back to a cause that provides me with so much thank you for making this knowledge accessible and free to all those who wish to listen Ollie, it's my great pleasure especially when I hear how much it means to people like you we are indeed in tumultuous times so I'm all the more grateful you've found a way to support the podcast and it's been terrific to hear some of the great work you and Kristen have been up to as well I look forward to hearing more as it evolves and thanks again if you too value what you hear, please consider joining Ollie by visiting the website via the show notes, regeneration.com. Thanks for all your support, and as usual, thanks for rating, sharing, and commenting on the podcast. The music you're hearing is Faraway Castle by Ray Howe and Sunray. My name's Anthony James. Thanks for listening.